Ronananian. How come all these cars have these little tiny dinky scissor jacks? Not only do they have little tiny scissor jacks that you question how strong they are, but, you know, just trying to get them out of the car. You know, you need an engineering degree to get it back in the car once you take it apart. It's like a Rubik's Cube. The Car Doctor. Remember in high school when they were feeding us those bar graphs with the digital, with the numbers on them? We said, what are we going to need this stuff for? And we all, we, we all yep. kind of giggled and laughed, and, you know, here I am using it. Welcome to the radio home of Ron and Anian, The Car Doctor. Since 1991, this is where car owners the world over turn to for their definitive opinion on automotive repair. If your mechanic's giving you a busy signal, pick up the phone and call in. The garage doors are open. But I am here to take your calls at 855-560-9900. And now, here's Ronnie. Hey, it's time to start your engines. Hello and welcome. 855-560-9900. Ron Anini and the Car Doctor at your service. If you've got a car problem, if you've got a car question, give us a call. 855-560-9900. Real quick piece of, 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 of in-house maintenance. We've been trying to do this for two weeks now. There's a gentleman out there. We haven't heard from him in quite some time, and he was always a good conversation to have uh, to talk with, a good person to talk with, have a conversation with. Gentleman by the name of Ellis uh, Virginia, right, Tony? He was a, uh, from Virginia. Um, we haven't talked to Ellis. It's got to be three years, two, three years, something like that. We were thinking about him the other day. And what what made Ellis stand out in our minds was that, because we get a lot of phone calls, we talk to a lot of people, is he was legally blind. And he was hiding cars in the cornfields of his farm because he, you know, he was in his 80s, I think he said, and he still loved to drive. And he was out there driving around in the cornfields because his wife was also partially blind and she couldn't, she couldn't see what he was doing. And you know, we just we kind of chuckle about the dedication of car people and what they what they go through. But we haven't heard from Ellison quite some time. We, you know, we we we, we fear the worst. But um, if he's out there, Ellis, if you're out there, buddy, we, uh, we'd like to hear from you again and see how you're progressing if you're, uh, if you're able to do so and uh, see if you've picked up any new cars. I think the last time we talked to him, he was cruising 87 Cadillac Coupe de Ville out through the cornfields of his farm in Virginia. So um, just, uh, Ellis, if you're there, you know, we'd, uh, we'd like to hear from you. Um, but anyway, this is the Car Doctor Radio Show. There's more information at cardoctorshow.com, and thanks for letting me do that. We've been trying to do that for a couple of weeks. Um, to get that word out and uh, so forth. So uh, cardoctorshow.com is where you're going to go for more information. You're going to find uh, podcasting there if you haven't already, and most of you have, it seems. Um, we're, we're podcasting vis-a-vis uh, the folks over at iHeart and Spreaker, but you go right through our page, write the podcasting, and subscribe. Please click subscribe, and um, you'll be able to, uh, you know, listen to the Car Doctor, take it with you wherever you want to go. Uh, before we open up the phones this hour, um, I want to talk about autonomous cars, self-driving cars. Tom handed me something. Uh, today when we came when I came in to do the show um, about from the city of Boston the city of Boston website autonomous vehicles the city of Boston is now trying to sell us on self-driving cars and it's it's kind of scary and I've sort of I like the idea of self-driving cars up to a point but the way they're selling it okay um, they're selling it right off the bat and this is right off their website you can go up there and take a look at it I don't have the website in front of me Tom get me the website uh, address please but you can go, they say, safer streets. The overwhelming majority of crashes on our streets are caused by human error. No kidding. The promise of autonomous vehicles is to eliminate up to 90% of those crashes. I just read this week that the driver of the self-driving car out in, where was it, Phoenix, Arizona, 
where the where unfortunately there was a fatality, the woman was killed late at night, was because the backup driver was watching a broadcast of The Voice on her mobile device and disabled the stop feature of the car. So are we doing this? I mean, yeah, it's it's it would be nice, but there's still always going to be human error. It's not a perfect world, folks. All right? Better access. Who stands to benefit from most of this technology if it's applied the right way? I wonder what the right way means. We have ways of doing this right. The aging population and those with visual impairments, those looking to reduce the burden of personal vehicle ownership, that is the first time I have ever seen those words. Those looking to reduce the burden of personal vehicle ownership. You know, i got to say this, and this is right up there with the black helicopter conspiracy, but... Is the government looking to take away cars from us? You know, I'm going to read that again. Those looking to reduce the burden of personal vehicle ownership and those without access to rapid transit. Where are we going with this? Is this going to become a world of Logan's Run? Is this going to become a world of, you know, self-driving cars? And, and now they can limit where those cars go and they can track where we're going. I don't like this. I'm starting to turn my head the other way on this, that I think the autonomous cars is, you know, it's not going to happen overnight, but over the course of the next generation and, you know, 50 years from now, where's the country going to be? They're going to be controlling, you know, they're going to look back at this version. Maybe this version of the 20th century and the 21st century is going to be, wow, remember when Grandpa got in his own car and drove it somewhere? And, and, you know, we didn't need pass cards and security checkpoints and, and, and devices to get through the way we have to have devices to get through airport terminals now. Tom, you had a comment. No, I just wanted to say that uh, <clears throat> for, for the listeners who haven't been to Boston, and we cover, we cover all, you know, the entire United States plus Hawaii, um, Boston is a colonial-era town, even though it's a city. And downtown Boston, where they're going to be testing this, the streets are narrow. Very narrow, very narrow streets, cobblestones, and people drive like morons down there. I mean, very bluntly. And this, boy, this scares me. This really scares me. Yeah, it's, it's, we're taking a graduated approach to autonomous vehicle testing in Boston, it says. Any company will be constrained in the time, place, and manner of their testing. Before testing on streets, companies must meet off-street and are important standards. Ease of manual takeover from autonomous mode, emergency braking and stop functionality, and basic driving capabilities such as staying within a lane. Shouldn't we have that as the standard now? I mean, shouldn't any autonomous vehicle be able to do that? Isn't that sort of a requirement before we allow testing at all? Shouldn't this, shouldn't this have been done in Arizona where it's wide open spaces before we now take things out to colonial, as Tom says, colonial streets with cobblestones in the city of Boston? Doesn't Boston have enough problems? I mean... They got the Red Sox. Sorry, I had to take a shot. Um, uh, uh. Hey, 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 there's nothing wrong with the Red Sox. The Red Sox are doing just fine. Well, They're playing well this year. Let's go Yanks! Yeah. <laughs> uh, easy, fellas, easy. Boy, you guys, it's it's hard. It's not hard to get you guys off track, is it? Um, and I like, you know what? I actually like the Red Sox. I was very happy, and, and I'll show you my Red Sox knowledge. I think it was 2004. 2004, the Red Sox won the series. Yeah, four. So I see that. I was following them. Um, I always root for the underdog. Um, you know, I can't root for the Mets, but that's another story. Um, but you got to go read this. If, if you've got any interest in autonomous vehicles, go up to uh, the City of Boston website. Tom, do you have that website? Uh, oh, go. Oh, where is it? Where are we? Oh, Boston.gov. Okay. 
off the Boston.gov website. Go look up the Go Boston 2030 planning and um, see what they're trying to do. And uh, you know what? I think you've got to take a stand. I think as citizens, we've got to make our voices heard. and We've got to pay more attention to autonomous vehicles and what it's really all about. If you go to the website and go about midway down on the page, you'll find the link to the article. Okay. It, it's, you, you can't miss it. It's huge. I mean, that line about looking to reduce the burden of personal vehicle ownership, wow. Uh, you know what? Autonomous cars have their place. The elderly, those that can't afford a car or, you know, uh, or those that don't want to get into a car. But then again, would you get into a car? You know, if, if uh, people I know, some people I know went to a wedding last week and they Ubered back and forth from home. And they, I said, why? And they said, well, there was going to be an open bar and they were going to have a couple of drinks. And, okay, that makes sense. Could you imagine if you're hammered? And you get into a self-driving car? Would you want to do that? I, you know, I, I, beyond my comprehension. Um, not good. Not good at all, folks. So uh, just just something to be aware of. And, um, you know, just, uh, just take it from there. So anyway, this radio show is about, well, comments on self-driving cars. Also comments on uh, whatever you've got going on with uh, what's bothering you and your automobile, whatever that might be. Um, some insights about what went on in the shop a little bit later on this hour, but right now we're going to pull over and take a pause. 855-560-9900. Ron and Annie, the car doctor. We'll be back right after this. When the family car needs some fixing, there's only two things that really matter, getting the right part and getting some good advice. It's a pretty safe bet that with over a million parts in stock, Pep Boys has the right part right now. The Pep Boys pros are extensively trained to find the right part for just about any car or truck. Better yet, these pros can also handle the entire installation or service needed. It's always good to have options and know the Pep Boys pros have it covered either way. Ron's number handy, 855-560-9900, for when you really need advice on your car. Here's Ron. Welcome back. Ron and the car doctor at 855-560-9900. By the way, you got a car doctor question you just can't get in on the phones? Ron at cardoctorshow.com. Send me an email question. And either we'll answer it that way or I'll answer it here on air or include your phone number. Tom Ray will call you back and get you in the next live queue. So uh, we'll try to do it a multi multitude of ways. And... Um, uh, we'll do it that way. By the way, the opening theme music for today was at my personal request. Does anybody know the soundtrack? Going once, going twice. Chips. There you go. I just yep. It was chips. That was and that was the best. I watched. I watched the. I watch a chip chips episode every day. I have no life anymore, and you know it, it's just it's hilarious when you look at the cars that are there, and it's interesting to note as the shows evolve. They must, you know, the cars are like the act, like actors in the sense that they rotate the type and the color and, and the year make models around. So you're always seeing different cars from the 70s and then later on the 80s. Um, it was really great. I watched an episode last night where Hunts Hall, I'm looking at the driver of the armored car, and I'm going, I think that's Zatch from the Bowery Boys. It was Hunts Hall driving the car. It must have been one of his last appearances um, on television. Uh, it was kind of, it was kind of funny to watch. It's you know, there's a lot of history in these old shows, So, uh, but thanks, Tom. I appreciated that. I thought it was great music. Anyway, um, now that I've spilled my guts and personal emotions, let's go over and talk to Dan, Sayreville, New Jersey, 13 Chevy Tahoe. Dan, welcome to the car, Dr. Sir. What's going on? Yeah, how much? Um, thanks for taking my call. You're welcome. Um, I, I bought a 
2013 Chevy Tower Hybrid from okay. uh, uh, Fire Department auction out of New York City. And um, we took the car. The car had a side, uh, uh, side, uh, uh, rear side uh, accident. So we fixed the rear door. But they've cut a couple of wires from the terminal to uh, two coming out of the post. Well, and the car wouldn't start. So when the caddy connected those two wires, then the, the light came up, but the car wouldn't start. So I told to a dealer, dealer said, uh, we're gonna need, you know, you're going to have to spend about 3000 for us to change all the harness and uh, before we even start to do any diagnosis on the car. So I said, figure out, this doesn't make any sense. It's just a couple of wires there. Run a scan or something, figure out what's going on. Well, so, yeah, I mean, what's, let's, well, let's have a conversation this way. How many is a couple of wires, Dan? Two, three, 20? Okay. No, there were two. There were two out of a post, and uh, there were three coming out of a harness. Okay. On the side. And those three could be connected. They might, you could tell they obviously could be going to the post. So there's three, two from the post, and three coming out of the harness. So, so the, the, the five wires all together that, that were cut, their their vehicle operation do they have anything to do with the high current or um the the hybrid side of the vehicle's operation do you know uh not 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 that i know of uh it, it has to do with either the light coming on but i know when the mechanic you know he's not an hybrid mechanic he just connected his wires together and the light came up okay on the car so right. that that's what he did so and that's just that. Did you, I'm not did, sure if they were. They're not part of it. I don't think they're part of a hybrid. They're just part of a harness. Did you did you ask the, the did you ask the dealership why they can't just temporarily jumper those five together and just diagnose the rest of the car from there? That's a good question. That's something I'm going to have to talk to them. Uh, the car is still with them. I told them I was towing it today. Then I remember. Wait a minute. I was a car doctor there. Let me just. You know, question by you yeah, I mean, the, you, <laughs> you know, the, the and I appreciate that. The, the, the argument kind of becomes, you know, okay, let's say we jumper those five wires and right. they, they diagnose it and it needs a widget and that widget's another five grand. You know what, right. maybe, maybe you're not ready to put eight grand into a 2013 Tahoe hybrid that was a fire department vehicle that I'm guessing has higher mileage on it. Uh, you know, so it, so you had about sixty thousand miles on it. Well, that's not bad. I mean, yeah. you know, that's not bad mileage. The, the the problem with cut wires is it depends on where they are, how accessible right. they are, can right. they can they be gotten to and properly repaired. Sometimes, right. sometimes the harness is you know in a bad spot. The 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 the, the cut wire is there's only an inch of cut wire coming out of a major pigtail you can't get your hands in there to solder anything right. there's a connection right. you know it's it's got to be a good clean connection it's got to be able to carry the current um, and right. it's got to be able to be properly tucked back in to prevent to protect it from the elements right. you know maybe that's why they're saying re replace it you know it's right. it's it's also maybe they don't want the liability of you know the what if that you know what if they try right. this and and, I, I and, on that side. and and I understand that too. You know, it's listen. Time is money in a repair shop. From the, from the sounds of it, you know, it's five simple wires. Let's say it's five right. simple, easy to get to wires. There's yeah. there's easily a couple of hours of time there. You know, all of a sudden this 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 you know lighthearted effort becomes. Hey, it's five hundred dollars to fix these five wires, and we don't know if that's going to solve the problem of the car. So, right, 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 so right, right. I, I get what they're saying. They're they're playing right. CYA auto repair. 
but right, right, right. you know you're the customer you just sort of need more information you need Correct. you know what do we where, where do we ultimately think we're going here um yep. let me ask you this question what'd you pay for the car <clears throat> I uh, paid about fifty two hundred for the car. Okay, what's book value on it in good running condition? Twenty five. Twenty five thousand. Yep. Okay, and you paid fifty two hundred. Correct. Um, what are your plans for the car? Are you gonna Are you gonna sell it again, or are you gonna drive it? Ah, uh, intend to drive it. Okay. So let me ask you the question this way: You're gonna put You're gonna mm -hmm. You're gonna put your family all in it, go on trips, vacations, whatever. Yes. What kind of problems do you want to have with the car? Do you want to have and just hear me out. Do you want yeah. to have electrical issues that are strange two years from now that, you know, develop because the harness, you know, there's nothing like a fresh harness in a vehicle versus a repaired right. one, all right? Okay. Even though a repaired one done properly will last, but, you know, there's something nicer about that that that, right. that, 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 that fresh-fed harness. To tell you the truth, I'm kind of amazed they can still get a wiring harness for a six-year-old vehicle. Right. And, you know, you got to think about that. If two years from now the harness that they repaired develops other issues, right. and you can't get the harness because now it's an eight-year-old vehicle, now that right. now that $25,000 good deal car that you got for $5,200 is not worth anything. Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. So, so maybe right. it's, hey, listen, guys, can you find a guy in the shop? I'm willing to, I'm willing to put $500 worth of research into this, all right, right. And, and look at it as... Can you can you jumper the five wires, you know, right. wire the rest of the lights on? What's wrong with right. the rest of the car? I'm willing right. to, and if you approach it from that perspective, mm. maybe yeah. they'll sit there and go, you know, this guy's not and don't take offense at this, this guy's not a screaming idiot. Right, this this guy really wants to fix the car. All right? Right. right. Um right. you know what? One of the things I've learned in auto repair is people will mm. show you who they are if right. if you learn to watch and listen. And I've learned that dealing with other shops. I've learned it, I've learned that in dealing with consumers, with people that come into me. And right. sometimes the people that appear to be the worst people to deal with turn out yep. to be the best people to deal with if you wow. give them enough, you know, and you give them enough, you know, to work with. Um, I, I I think we as a society tend to cringe when right. we're when we're faced with because it's a tough situation, and you know maybe they're afraid to talk to you. So it's, you know what? <laughs> no, you know, I think that might be the. I think the issue is probably they just afraid looking at all the wires and figure out. You know what? Uh, if we put our hands on this, because when I said I told the guy I would come and tow it, he said, "Okay, fine. You can come and tow it out of there." Right. So it's it's you know what? How about listen? If I tell you, can you jump her around and tell me what else is wrong with it? Then I'll go from there because maybe the car's worth putting three grand in. Maybe the car's worth putting five grand in. You only paid 52 and it's worth 25. Good luck to you, Dan. Let me know what you end up doing. I'm Ron Anany and the Car Doctor. I'll be back right after this. Welcome back. Ron Anany and the Car Doctor, 855 9900 um, I think next week, I've got to remember, Tony, this is your assignment for next week. Next week, I want to do an opening conversation about two cars I had in the shop this week, about vehicle cut and the air conditioning problems on the 88 Lincoln Town Car, because it had me thinking about how, you know, the newer cars, when the technology, when the car fails, the technology fixes the car on a consistent basis each and every time. On those two cars... 
One was an early GM product, and the other one was an 88 Lincoln. Um, it was characteristic of that time, and I don't think the things that I remembered were written down. Any. We're going to talk about that next week in, in one of the two hours. We've got to remember. So somebody's got to remind me next week. I want to talk about um, old car technology, repairing them, and um, uh, how that's going to be gone. So 20 years from now, what's it going to look like when you get an antique to work on? Let's go over and talk to Danny, Northern Maine, with a 2006 Colorado that um, has a misfire every once in a while, or a skip, as uh, Danny put it. Danny, welcome to the car, Dr. Sir. Glad to have you. Ron and Anian at your service. What's going on? Uh, great. Uh, I'm that individual from northern Maine where my wife uh, believes in you so much. And uh, I, what I did is I purchased this vehicle. As you know, we have rust, quite a bit of rust issues in northern Maine. But the vehicle was from, it was a southern vehicle. It has 140,000 miles, L5 engine. Just broken in. Um, well, I hope so. Yeah. Uh, but I'm, I'm, uh, I want to, you know, it, it's a hobby, and I've, uh, I've, uh, I'm working on it, and I, it's a four door, so I'm uh, trying to make it a, uh, if not an everyday vehicle, but a, a vehicle um, to, so that my wife can use and be proud of. Right. Um, the problem is, is ever so often, and that's why I'm hesitant to, to admit, look at the throttle body and so forth, but there's a skip once in a while. It doesn't, there are no codes. Uh, it seems to run fine, uh, but ever so often it seems to creep up on me. The throttle seems to creep up on me. Uh, I got to put the brakes on. Doesn't happen often, uh, but it's, it, it appears to have a slight vibration, but it's a five cylinder. So this, this engine is kind of new to me. So before I go any further, that's why I'm giving you a call, okay. asking what you think. Are, are you nervous, Danny? Yeah, I'm a little bit nervous because I've read stuff online, but like anything else, you don't read online. You go ask, like, you know, if, you're in the, okay. if you have a medical issue, don't go online, go see a doctor. Right. So, so I'm doing they, the same thing here. Gotcha. I'm, I'm calling the uh, the medical doctor, the car doctor, oh. uh, instead of, uh, but I did go look online and I got nervous. Okay, take, 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 take it easy, take a breath, brother. It's only a broken car. Um, and, and remember, 10 years from now, you won't even remember this car, I guarantee you. So, yeah, um, let's baseline it, all right? And this is sometimes what you have to do when you have a problem like this. And I could give you the, I could give you the, long, the long side of the barn conversation about using a scan tool and looking at Mode 6, and I'm glad to do that. But let's talk about things that I think you should try to do to, to, to bring the car back to a base, to a stable point. Um, number one, let's clean the throttle body. You're talking about idle fluctuation and the way the idle creeps up. And, you know, that it's got a little bit of a rough idle. It almost sounds like you're talking about it's, it's, it's got a, a, a drone to it or, or a resonance to it that makes me think it's not idling properly. Let's clean the throttle plate. Are you familiar with that? Do you know where a throttle plate yes, is? Yes, that yeah, I'm yeah. very familiar. Okay. I, uh, I'm also 60 years old. I play, but I again, I wanted to call talk to you before I uh, right because I all kinds of things went in my mind of timing change and premature valve guide failures and valves. So I uh, I said let me. And my wife said, why don't you call Ron? Yeah, so I mean, so so let's do the simple stuff first. Let's let's clean the throttle plate and you know take the intake duct off. Let's let's wipe out the throttle housing really well. Now, you know, when you clean a throttle housing, it's it's not spray the entire can of throttle body cleaner in there and then another can on top of it. It's with electronic throttle drive and throttle control, what I'll do is I'll spray the rag and then use the rag to gently wipe the inside of the housing out. So I'm not, you know, spraying all over the place like an uncontrolled 
you know, explosion. All right. Mm-hmm. Let's let's wipe out the throttle housing. Let's clean the blade on both sides. A small toothbrush, preferably one you're not going to use again, um, is always good to clean the inside of the throttle housing because it'll 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 scrape away at the crud. All right. And let's get the throttle plate as clean as we can. Let's do a battery disconnect after that. Okay. Let's let the battery sit for disconnected for ten minutes and then connect back up, and let's relearn the idle. And relearning the idle on most cars, this one included, it's just basic. Start it up, no load on, no AC on, no you know heat, etc. Let it idle for a couple of minutes, put it in drive, turn the air conditioning on. You know, sort of teach the car the way you might teach a small child about how to idle. Think of the car as a child, and you're explaining to it, hey, here's how you're supposed to idle when you're all factory fresh and scrubbed clean in terms of throttle body. Let's see what it does that way. Uh, that's step one. That's baselining the throttle. That's baselining the idle strategy. And then drive it. Take it around the block, mild acceleration. You know, don't go crazy. Just just drive it like, you know, uh, when you're not trying to avoid a semi-truck on the highway or avoid being cut off by somebody so you don't get hurt driving down uh, the roads. And then let's, let's, let's do some fuel system cleaning, all right? Um, let's get out to O'Reilly Auto Parts. Berryman products, Berryman fuel system cleaners, BerrymanProducts.com. Uh, the Berryman products with Hest, um, O'Reilly Auto Parts has them. You can also find them online. You can also get out to BerrymanProducts.com. Their Hest or high energy solvent technology really works well, and it's 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 added to the tank, and it will go through if there's carbon deposits on the valves um, over time. And sometimes it takes more than one can, and that's that's not a bad thing. But, you know, it, it, it took 140,000 miles for those carbon deposits to get to this point. If they are the cause, let's, you know, give it a can or two. Let's try that. And let's at least then, if it doesn't work, we know that we've, we've done our best in terms of the simple stuff. And then somebody can go through with, you know, the hardcore. Now we can go get a diagnosis somewhere. Now we can have the conversation about how old are the spark plugs, and, and that's part of this conversation too, don't get me wrong, but how old are the spark plugs? Um, does anybody have a scan tool that they can go and look at what we call mode 6? Mode 6 is the parameter by which the vehicle sets fault codes. We can look at conditions to see, you know, even though we don't have a code yet, is there something approaching code failure? And mode 6 is a little complicated to explain in the time and the space that I've got left with you today, but suffice it to say, if you Google Mode 6, start reading about that, that'll set your hair on fire. That's an excellent, and this is, here we are, we're talking about technology on older cars, how it was so varied and different to fix cars from 25, 30 years ago. Uh, the, the new car technology stays consistent from make and model and vehicle manufacturer that it's always there. Mode 6 is on all cars since, uh, in, in, in abundance since the year 2000, um, pretty safe bet. So let's look at mode six. Let's go through basics on ignition. Let's go through fuel system cleaning like I talked about. And then as far as the drone or the heaviness and the way that it idles, how are the motor mounts? Could it have a dried out mount? Could it have a cracked mount? Could it have a missing mount? Um, and, and those are the kind of things you want to look at. If you want to really have some fun, do you, ha- do you happen to have a scan tool, Danny? Yeah, I, I use a, yeah I use the scan tool, but I'm not as advanced. Just it's a, it's a, it's a simple scan tool. Yeah, that's okay. Uh, does, it, does it do fuel trim? It does, yes. Do you know what you're looking at when you look at fuel trim? Not really. All I know is I'll read the code and I'll look online and then, you know, then right. get, go from there. You're up in northern Maine, right? That's correct. Uh, do you have a fireplace? A what? Do you have a fireplace in a your pipe? house? Yes. Yeah, okay. You ever build the perfect fire? 
where it's just nice and uh, right, got, the northern Maine we more <laughs> you have to right yeah I get it okay. wood is the second that's right right, right. So, the, so so that perfect fire in the fireplace is a balanced air fuel mixture right you ever think about yep. it you, you get a nice dry log you get you get the airflow through the through the flue just right it's it's just warmed up that is a balanced mixture man all right so if if, if we were looking at that fire on a scan tool it would read zero all right if if you ran out of logs and your wife said, Danny, go get another log, and you ran outside and you got a nice, wet, heavy, soppy log, and you threw it on the fire, and now it starts to make more smoke than flame and less heat, all right, now we've got an imbalanced fuel mixture, all right? Now we've got something and that... Unfortunately, unfortunately, I've been through that scenario you right, just shared with right. the log. So, you know, if you, <laughs> look, my if, wife. If, if, if you looked at that on a scan tool... All right, if you looked at that on a scan tool, you would probably see that as a negative number. All right, because that's a bad thing to happen, especially when the wife gets upset. Why'd you throw that log on the fire for her? She's not that, listening, that, right? That, that, Shh, that. Don't tell her I said that. No, no, so, she's not, but okay. she will. She, she will, will because it's going to yeah. air tomorrow. Yeah, well, just remember, you, you know, you twisted my arm to say that. It's Danny's fault. So, <laughs> so you know, that would be a negative number on the scan tool, right? You would see negative 2, negative 3, negative yeah. 5. All right, it's an imbalanced mixture. And then once in a while you get a log that's a good log, but there's too much air in the fire, and, and you've got to add another log so the fire doesn't burn out quickly. You would see that as a positive number, all right? So same thing with the car. Take a look at the scan tool, at, with the scan tool at the fuel trim readings before you do the fuel system cleaning and the throttle body cleaning. Write your numbers down. Go for a ride. Write your numbers down. Engine's up at warm at operating temperature. Same load, same speed, same road, same weather conditions. And then once you do the cleaning, do it again. And then once you do the second cleaning, do it again. See if there's any change in fuel trim numbers. See if there's any change in the way the vehicle operates. And now you're learning from what you're doing. All right? Do those things. The clock's going to take me. Call me back next week. Let me know what happens the week after. And say hi to Mrs. Danny for me. You bet. Take good care. I'm Ron Anany, and I'll return right after this. It's the little old lady from Pasadena. He drives that way, but when it comes to fixing cars, Ron has car advice done right. 855-560-9900. Here's Ron. Okay, we're going to do three things this segment. Number one, we're going to answer all the questions about the hot rod. Remember last week I talked about the hot rod having the clank, clank, clank sound? And I feared the worst that it was a rocker arm or a valve train issue in the right side cylinder head. I thought about it, and I said, let's go back to basics. Got to always go back to basics, right? And sat down, thought about it, started it up, listened to it again, shut it off. I guess if all the header bolts were tight, that would definitely make a, a, a big help in it. I think I talked about this last week. I wasn't sure, but I still received a couple of emails. I want to make sure I've covered this. The hot rod is alive and doing well, tightened all the header bolts. It's fine. It's fixed and uh, down the road um, behaving itself. Mm. Um, second, let's do this email. It's been kicking around here since uh, March, unfortunately, and I just keep meaning to get to it, and I don't. But um, this comes to us from Chris. He writes, please email, not call. So, Chris, I'm emailing. Actually, I'm answering the email on air, so podcast me, baby. Um, cardoctorshow.com. I bought a new 2018 Silverado 5.3 oil pressure hot and gear drops to just above 20. I know it is within spec, but is it right? Think about that a minute. It's And it is it is in spec, all right? Spec is you're just not used to seeing it any other way. So my question would be, what did you drive beforehand? Yes, um, I believe that to be right. I believe that to be normal. Remember, it's not always just about pressure. It's also about volume, all right, and how much oil is being dispersed. So the fact that it's brand new and it's not having any issues and that is spec, 
I'm going to say, yes, it's right. And I would also bring it to the attention of the dealer when you take it in for the first oil change, because I think everybody should go to the dealer for the first oil change and then make a decision from there and, um, you know, ask them, explain it to them. But I don't think there's an issue there. So that one's done. This one goes back two weeks. I'm just kind of cleaning out the closet here. Uh, for years, this goes to Ron and Tom. Tony didn't exist this day. For years, GM recommended in their owner's manual to clean their windshield glass with Bon Ami. At home, we have both types. The one I have pictured here is approved for glass. He had attached a picture of a can of Bon Ami that was just rated for glass only. It works really well to clean glass. The other type of Bon Ami is a gold color container and not recommended for glass. Potential to scratch based on the ingredients. This comes to us from Biff Kramer in Lansing, Michigan. Thanks, Biff. I appreciate that. Yeah, um, I remember doing Bon Ami to clean uh, to clean glass, and uh, you know, it was it was it was neat stuff. It worked really well. Um, you know, we don't do that anymore because I think we just all run through car washes. But that's beside the point. Anyway, it um, you know you can use by the way to clean glass. We didn't talk about this last week. If you want on the older car, um, toothpaste. Certain toothpastes will work better than others. With a toothbrush, you can just kind of scrub it in and polish it with that. There is an abrasion level to uh, to toothpaste too. So uh, you know, just and plus. You'll have a minty white smile and a minty white windshield. So uh, as you drive down the road, eight five five five. Tom's looking at me. Eight five 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 six zero nine nine zero zero. Ron and Andy, the car doctor, back to wrap it up right after this. Welcome back. Hey Tom, I just I just sent you an email. Ron and Andy, the car doctor, here real quick. I just sent you an email. Um, I got from a listener who says that Clark Howard the radio show host, is always pushing autonomous vehicles. And he thinks it's a great idea, um, less cost, less burden, according to this listener. Why don't we get a hold of him? Let's talk to him. All right? There's, you know, let's, 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 let's ask him about all the failures and, and, and all the issues and all the potential for human error um, that's involved with this. Because, you know, I, I keep coming back to this. I was going to do a little conversation here about Mitchell 1 and the SureTrack fix, but I, I think the autonomous self-driving car issue it's not perfected yet. And, you know, listen, airplanes aren't perfected yet. Unfortunately, there are aircraft failures, and we still drive them. And as long as we're willing to accept that, but, you know, we're, we're, we're placing an awful lot of potential for issues if all of a sudden we're, we're autonomous. Worse, we're autonomous and non-autonomous mixed together. And what does that do? I get it that the price of automobiles are expensive. I get it that it's, it's, it's hard for everybody to maintain a car. I understand that. I live here. I know what it's like. I understand that 100%. But, you know, the bigger issues are that you're taking away, I'll say it like this, I'm stunned that young people today don't want to drive. Boggles my mind. I was 14 years old. I wanted to get behind the wheel. Kind of did a few times. And, you know, the fact that the young people today are, are happier pushing buttons, or so it seems, than, than to learn how to drive a car, just, 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 what are we raising? What's, where are we going to be in 20 years? You got a question? Yeah, no, um, the, uh, there were a number of reasons my daughter was late getting her license. She got it at 21. And, you know, one was a medical reason, but she's doing, she, she's fine. I taught her how to drive. I told her dad's taxi service is closed. I right. gave her my old car, and she was kind of banging her head against the wall. Why do I need to get a license? She doesn't know what to do without the car now. Right. It's like, hello. <laughs> but the other thing that, that, that operating a vehicle teaches somebody is 
self-reliance. It teaches them alertness. It teaches them decision-making. It teaches them coordination. There, there, there's a lot there. I get it that it's a pain in the butt. You know what? Life's a pain in the butt. Sometimes life gets in the way. But that's part of what you have to do. That's part of the human experience. To think that a self-driving car, because now you're putting yourself in the hands of the self-driving car, who's programming the self-driving car to take you where you want it to take you, now they're running the show, not you. I'm Ron Anany and the Car Doctor. Good mechanics aren't expensive. They're priceless. See ya. See ya.